important thing in the Olympic Games is not to win, but to take part. Just as the most important thing in life is not the triumph, but the struggle. That's a quote from the French Baron Pierre de Couberta. He is uh, famous for the revival of the modern Olympic Games in Athens going back to 1896. Thanks for listening to NYC. The doc is in. Dr. Garcia, how bad was my pronunciation of his name? Uh, one to ten, maybe like a five. Uh, but you know, you, was, you get some credit for the uh, for the attempt. Okay, a little effort. Every time I, I try to speak French, it always comes out with this Spanish dialect, and I start saying uh, things in the Spanish tone. So it is what it is. But I, I think the most important thing is that the Olympic Games is a struggle. It is one of the hardest things that you can do, and if you only compete in the summer or winter, it's something that you only could participate once every four years. So that means that your career, if you're lucky enough to even you know show up, is really short. So I just want before we start our show, have you enjoyed these Olympic Games? I have. You know, I think with everything going on, you know, and this the struggle to even have the games happen this year, let alone what happened to have had happened last year has been impressive, you know, and then with all this stuff leading up to it with COVID and everything else, the fact we're able to watch this games, have the athletes compete at the highest level, still see world records broken without any fans in the stands, uh, fans in the stands is uh, pretty awesome. So I really have enjoyed it. Um, and there's been a lot of different things that have come up compared to other years. You know, we have Simone Biles, which talk about, um, and other different issues that have risen that are outside of just winning a gold medal. Yeah, and you know when you have so many people that represent so many countries. I mean, uh, we're over two hundred plus countries that represent in the Olympics. You're going to have injuries, and we've seen quite a few of them. And um, you know, let's start with one of your favorite sports, and, and and tell us first. You know, how was your how is your love of swimming uh, go back as far as you explaining you know the history of swimming and and your family. So, you know, I've been swimming my whole life. You know, I swam from starting five years old all year round as much as I could uh, up until I finished college. I swam at Brown there. Uh, I was captain of the team there. So I had an opportunity to do a lot of different swimming options. And I, and I and I was never to the level of these guys. You know, I was pretty good, but not that level. I have some friends that did Olympic trials, and so I got to sort of experience that. But didn't have a friend that made it to the actual Olympics for swimming. Um, but the amount of struggle that goes through uh those swimmers and then having to compete afterwards i mean it's a it's one of the most rigorous sports in terms of how much training you have to do you know those guys are probably putting in three four hours a day and they did that since they were like six years old and that's pretty it's a you know it's it's a hard thing to jump into a 70 degree pool at 5 a.m and i do have to say i still have a little bit of ptsd from doing that mm. Um, but you know, it's, it's a different animal and, you know, you like, we're going to talk about this in a bit, but you know, you suffer, we talk about from the orthopedic standpoint, you know, you suffer from some chronic issues that you deal with because you do so many repetitions on your shoulders and the sort of kicking with your knees and those type of things. Um, plus the fact of just the, the hypoxia you have to deal with, uh, when you're practicing, you guys see those guys underwater, they're kicking for probably 15 meters. I mean, that's not easy to do when you've done almost 400 so that's a, that's a different type of pain that most people don't ever get to experience. So, I want to read a, a quote from uh, People Magazine, and they were interviewing uh, 
you know, uh, Olympic gold medalist, five-time gold medalist, Missy Franklin. Um, you know, for fans out there, we we'll probably remember her in 2012 in London. She won four gold medals, and then she won her fifth one in, in 2016, where she finally retired. And she says, um, or they say, Franklin reveals that she can barely swim now due to previous shoulder injuries she sustained. In quotes, I really can't, she says. I mean, my shoulders are in so much pain that I can maybe hop in the pool and swim easy for 20, 30 minutes, but that's about as much as my old broken shoulders can handle at this point. When you hear something like that, and we're talking about a young person here that is in this type of uh, pain, you know, as a doctor, orthopedic doctor, what do you think about that she's, you know, feeling and going through? Well, I, I see it a lot. You know, I, I don't see it at the level where we can't swim anymore, but, you know, I'm in that same boat. I swim a lot and I have uh, issues with my shoulder, mainly on the right side, um, but they basically wear down their labrum. And swimmers are the most challenged. I mean, I see a lot of swimmers because I swam and so people kind of get referred to me because I'm a swimmer and orthopedic surgeon, but at the same point, you know, the swimmers are the most challenged people to take care of because they're generally very loose ligamented. And so she may have loose ligaments, but on top of that, eventually injured her labrum. But that's not an easy thing to fix. You know, a lot of doctors get scared of that situation because that's not something that has got 100% success, even if something surgical is needed. You know, she probably doesn't have arthritis. It's probably about labral tears um, and other damage on her shoulders. Uh, but, you know, we don't know what happens in the long run with some of these swimmers, even the ones with some pain that get through it. Uh, and so it is, it's a re, it's a it's a real deal, and uh, it's it's definitely something you have to take into consideration. You know, most of my patients who are swimmers, and the same thing for Olympian, you know, would be that you try as much as you can and not have to do surgery on them because of their ligament laxity. Like that that causes all sort of issues when you sort of have the surgical recovery going on. You know, and, and we're talking about an athlete that you would hope that they have the best doctors in the world. I mean, to, to keep mm-hmm. these finely tuned athletes performing, um, I like, I, you know, just to make a reference, I'm absolutely amazed when I watch Katie Ledecky compete and it's just one event after another. And she, won, you know, she swims 100 meter and then swims the 800 meter. And I'm like, well, I could go make some coffee and, and you know, have a biscuit by the time she, they finish this 800 meter swim. I mean, for these athletes to perform, Perform at that level and to, you know, challenge themselves and compete in during this uh, duration in the Olympics, what kind of wear and tear does that do to um, an athlete's body, especially when it's compressed into, you know, this short turnaround, you know, the two weeks in the Olympics? I mean, it is, it does have more wear. I mean, you have to realize their pace they're going is different. Um, I find that the the sprinters are the ones that get a little bit more injuries just because of the fact they're doing different because of the force they have to put on their arms and how much more, how much more they have to move and the type of muscles they have to use. But the long distance swimmers, uh, you know, they do have, they do have a lot more repetitions on their shoulders. I mean, even more in practice, you have the, they separate us all out. So you have the distance swimmers do their own separate thing. And they're, they're almost doubling the yardage of the average person. So imagine that you have a swimmer and then they're doubling that amount for a high level swimmer. That's pretty uh, that's a high number of treads. It's like driving a car. You know, they're doing they're doing extra laps, and they wear down the tires or your shoulders. Uh, so it's, it is real, um, and it requires a totally different mentality. I mean, that is like you said, it is no offense, but boring. It's a long swim, and it can hurt. And you know, if you start hurting it four laps in, you're out of luck. You have a long ways to go. So it requires a whole different mental aspect, which I'm sure we'll talk about at some point. 
Yeah, it's absolutely shocking. Um, you know, I sat there with with my wife and daughter. We're, we're watching the the meets, and I'm just I'm looking at them, and even whether it's short or long, they're still going so fast, and and everything has to be perfect. You know, especially when you get the turns, and you know everything that's involved with swimming, which you could speak to you know more than I do because you know I just go flounder in the water and have some fun and splash, and you know, and we're kind of done. But what they're doing, so besides the shoulders, you know, is there something else that you have to be aware or concerned or that you're seeing in your office when it comes to swimming, whether it's neck injuries or, you know, or knees or anything like that? I mean, you get some knees. I think the other one is, especially for, I did breaststroke, so we get a lot of adductor injuries. So, you know, groin pulls and they could continue to come. You know, you guys saw LeBron James when he pulled his groin. Yeah. It took like three three or four weeks to go away and you don't have that opportunity when you're swimming and you're in a short season so you know you'll pull the groin and then you'll wait for two weeks and try to get back and then you'll do it again so those are some things that can be continued issues uh so there's the it's a lot of that almost sort of like hockey players in that sense Mm -hmm. um and then some of them gets a lot of them get some uh back pain because uh, they're, they're, you see that they're doing hyperextension, they're really loose ligament, and they sort of arch their back back when they're swimming. And then all the sort of repetitions they're doing, uh, you see back pain for them as well. A little less of the ankle and knee stuff. Um, and it, it, it is like probably 80% shoulder. But when you get them, you get a lot of them. Have you had any patients that are um, divers or have done diving before that come in to see you? Because I, I'm going to assume, right? And this is, like I said, I'm, I'm assuming that diving must put a tremendous amount of pressure on your body uh, as well. Yeah, I've seen a few. I mean, you do, they, do, they have the back stuff because they're sort of doing a lot of spins and twists so that you get some lumbar spine uh, issues. Um, you know, occasionally ankle because they're doing the diving board uh, and really firing themselves off. And you get similar shoulder stuff because, again, some divers are swimmers too, and then they converted at some point. Um, the good news is that the good ones, you know, you get that stuff, but at the same point, they do land properly. And so when you do land properly, you're reducing the amount of interference with the water and that reduces your injury risk. And then of course, of course, the one you never want to see is the head injury, right? Mm. From getting the dive board. Oh, I, you know, what, what do we go back to? Was that Greg, uh, Greg Luganis when he hit his head yeah, yeah, on the diving yeah. board? And, and, and for our uh, younger listeners, <laughs> you, you might have to YouTube that one. Uh, the Greg, uh, the great Greg Luganis, uh, when he hit his head, uh, a scary moment as, you know, most of the nation watched that. You got to remember, you know, it, it wasn't like now that we have Netflix and, you know, all these different cable channels. When the Olympics were on, that took front stage more than anything else on television. And so all eyes were watching that really scary moment back then. Yes, agreed. Um, I'm going to take the blame because it seems like everything I'm watching, there's going to be an injury. So anyone complaining about what has happened, whether it's the the volleyball team or the soccer, just uh, send me an email because I believe it's all my fault. Um, as we're watching uh, USA play Canada, and you know, it seems like uh, USA has been on the ropes. Um, you know, the last few times they've played, they haven't performed as well. But the one thing that was constant, the one player that really kind of kept them out of trouble, like in any great sport, is your goalie. And unfish- and you know, unfortunately, uh, their goalie, uh, Elisa uh, Nair, uh, she exited uh, the semifinal game against Canada uh, with an injury in the 22nd minute. You know, she left for a 
she leapt for a ball and she bumped into her uh, teammate, uh, Julie Ertz, and she landed uh, awkward. And afterwards, they said that she suffered a hyperextension of her right knee and a bone contusion she won't be playing in the bronze medal game because the uh, united states had lost one nothing to canada she won't be back in time what does that mean when you say you've suffered a hyperextension of the right knee and bone contusion and what does that entail so she's lucky likely but what happens is when you land on your knee your knee's not supposed to bend backwards it's supposed to bend only forwards right so when they land backwards, the two bones in the front, the femur and the, the tibia, they collide. And that's where they get a bone bruise in the front. And so when you get an MRI, you can basically see that's a hyperextension injury. Then it starts a cascade of injuries, and hopefully it stops at just this, that. Mm. But sometimes it can cause damage to the kneecap. And then the other issue, you can have a PCL tear. Uh, generally, the PCL tear, even if it's partial, can be treated non-operatively, which is good news. That becomes less common because usually people are able to stop their knee, but that can keep going. Um, and then you can have a tear of the capsule in the back too. And that one generally you just watch them as well. But you know, the hyperextension, the bone bruises tend to be really uncomfortable. It's essentially like a minor fracture mm. and you got to wait till they heal. So it just, and that's probably what kept her out. And, and I'm assuming that hopefully she didn't injure any meniscus in the front because you're sort of squishing everything in the front in where it's not supposed to go that way. Yeah, and she did, and she didn't leave right away. She stayed in the game. She was hobbling along, and finally the coach, uh, you know, got her out of there, and they switched her out. Um, so she did try to continue to play, or at least stand on it and move I'm on that surprised. knee. Uh, obviously, right? These these athletes are are nuts, and what that's what makes them great. Um, you think there might be, or it could be, not might, could be something else besides that hyperextension of the right knee, and that's maybe we'll get some information later on, or, or just having that type of injury can be uh, difficult enough. That could be difficult enough. I mean, usually that's what it is, and then obviously there's take being cautious with her, you know, and then she may have injured her meniscus. You probably didn't tear one of her ligaments. I probably would have announced that. Um, I assume. Uh, and she should get back. I mean, most of the ones I see, patients I see with hyperextension injuries don't need any surgery. They're back in a few weeks. Um, but obviously, you don't have a few weeks in the Olympics, so. Yeah, yeah. Um, hopefully, you know, we'll we'll see how they play. And um, for all of our soccer fans out there, this is probably – I was talking to my wife about this. This might be the last time that we see some uh, – the great iconic players as uh, this team is older, you know, and – you know, we'll we'll see what what goes about for this team, but they they have a lot of older players on this team. I even go back to Crystal Dunn. I covered her back in New York when she was in high school. I was like, man, she's a pretty good player. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think she was a little bit better than just a pretty good player. If you know, if you get to play on the USA uh, soccer team, so it'll be really interesting for soccer fans uh, to see where this team goes and um, the next challenges that lie ahead. So as fans, um, you know, we hope. Uh, for the very best, as they always do, and put a great product on the field. Um, I was watching a volleyball game. Like I said, just blame me. Uh, Jordan Thompson, um, she got hurt. She, uh, she, you know, like anything, which you, I think you see, whether it's in volleyball or basketball, when you step on a teammate's foot and roll over, you know, you roll mm-hmm. your ankle. Uh, that happened to me. Uh, years back, I was playing at Jones Beach in Long Island, and we were playing. And sure enough, I go up, and I don't know. I, I'm I'm still bitter, so I'm coming off bitter. I think the guy slid underneath me on purpose, stepped on his foot, rolled over, snapped my ankle, and there was my summer. Um, you know, with crutches uh, was not a fun thing. Anyway, she same thing happened to her. She rolled she rolled her foot, 
and she's not playing Jordan Thompson. Um, you know, what does that entail when you roll that ankle? What did, what is really happening to that ankle when you snap it over to the side? So, you know, first off, after I saw that, I mean, she's just, this is not a new injury. These volleyball players, again, are very loose. This is what we talked about in our internal brace yep. situation. They continually have repeated ankle sprains. The ligaments on the outside of the ankle have been torn so many times that there's no check ring. She got stuck in that situation and the ankle rolled. Hmm. That's why she was able to come back at some point, right? I think she came back a few games later or something. Um, but, you know, it's probably something she does before. Then they taper up, watch it. The biggest thing you worry about is that they can get an OCD so they can have a little damage to the cartilage. Now, what, what, does that cartilage mean? what does that mean? An OCD is a, something called an osteochondritis descans, or it's basically a small damage to the cartilage of one of the ankle bone pieces. There's two. There's the talus, which is the archy part, and then there's the tibia, which is the part that sort of hovers above. Those are the little bones you feel on the side of your leg. Those are the malleolus of the tibia. But when you sprain your ankle, you can injure the cartilage in there, and that can be something that's a chronic issue. So if someone has recurrent ankle sprains, they say, okay, it still bothers me. You want to make sure you rule that out. She probably didn't get that with that injury. She's able to get back pretty quickly. Um, but the one thing you do is, you know, she's someone that would probably at some point need that eternal brace and talk to Brown because that's the newest thing. You know, these people have recurrent ankle sprains, and uh, this is this is a really effective surgery. So. That's something that she may need in the future because that looks like a really nasty injury, and that seemed like she bounced back pretty quickly. So I'm surprised. I'm pretty sure it's not her first. Yeah, and and for anyone that's listening, please check out our show on internal bracing. I mean, it is uh, it's extremely educational, and there's a lot of information uh, there. And you can also check it out on uh, Dr. Garcia's uh, uh, website. You can always go to GrantGarciaMD.com. Uh, you can also find them at Orthopedic Specialist of Seattle.com. Um, take my don't take my word for it you know we've got i've got friends i've gone to see dr garcia they love him they rave about him and he tries to get me in trouble with them but that's a whole other show but um it's just don't uh don't make me bless well yeah <laughs> yeah no they i'm serious uh I've, I've heard a lot of great things they're really excited and they uh you know they're they're happy that you're uh you're taking care of them so this is not the the show to boost your ego but um you know, I, I'm going to speak the truth here. So, um, it, it, oh, well, I really appreciate it. <laughs> um, hopefully, uh, you know, we'll see. I guess we'll find out when when the Olympics are over, right? I can imagine that. You know, like like we talked about, it's so difficult to get to this point that even if you're, you know, even if you have an injury, uh, you're dealing with some pain, you're just kind of kind of grin and bear it, and uh, until you know it's all over. Um, I know the the swimmers came back to New York and they finally said, oh, First thing I did was go grab a burger and just kind of hang out and just kind of relax. So I could just imagine that intense pressure while they're there. Yes, I can't imagine. Um, what happened? Um, I, I think it was about a week ago. We saw uh, Olympic pole vaulter uh, Sandy Morris. Uh, she went up and just to give a quick little background. Um, she had already competed. It started to rain. In fact, the athletes were complaining about trying to continue in this environment uh, and you could just imagine as a pole vaulter which is one of the scariest things that I can watch I'm, I'm, I'm so uncomfortable watching pole vaulting just so afraid that something's going to happen because they get up so high and then when they come over and they land on the mat, it's like, oh, that wasn't too bad. But as they're going up, I'm really, I'm really uncomfortable. I got to be honest with you, I'm very uncomfortable. So anyway, so she goes, um, she tries to continue. She tries to uh, vault, do the pole vault, and 
is snapped and she falls down. She fell from, I don't know, what what, what do you think? Maybe 12, 15 feet or something like that. Caught, caught at least a story or two. Yeah, or it caught distance. some of the mat and she couldn't continue because, she, you know, quote unquote, my hip flexor was shooting pain down my leg and clicking and my quad was cramping as a reaction. I had no chance to make it down the runway for another jump, even though she tried. She couldn't do it. What does that mean when she's saying my hip flexor is shooting pain down the leg and clicking? She didn't injure her hip flexor. She tore her labrum in her hip. So the way it works, yeah. So, you know, she may have had a partial dislocation of her hip too with that injury, but probably a little less likely. Um, But, you know, her landing and the clicking of the hip, you know, there's other clicks you can have where you have one of the tendons that goes back and forth and rubs on there. But that's something she would have had already. That doesn't happen from that injury. She landed on her hip, probably jammed it, and may have torn her labrum and sucked out with clicks. And, and if it's a key injury like that, you know, sometimes you don't need surgery for those. Um, but a lot of times if they continue on, someone like her level, you know, an arthroscopic procedure to fix that labrum is necessary. I would be very surprised if she makes it out without any surgery after hearing about how she was doing. I mean, these, these are high-level athletes that with small strains, like they could push through them. But when you injure it that badly, you know, there's something wrong. And, and does the fact that she was saying her quad was cramping, does that, is that another sign also that, that you pick up when, when she says something like that? I mean, she could injure it in her back too, you know, like a disc herniation or something that caused some of the cramping in her lower back as well or from her into her leg. Uh, but, you know, when I hear her saying it's cramping, you know, we have a lot of pain your whole life. Right? So yeah, I am not convinced that she just has a small sprain with an injury of that height especially with, you know, the clicking sound that she's hearing and, you know, the inability to fully even walk. I mean, she was limping significantly, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I believe she tried three more times to uh, to jump. I mean, that's just, these people are crazy. <laughs> God bless them. They're, they're, they're incredible specimens. And the mental aspect of these athletes to, to put their bodies and um, – in those type of situations is, is absolutely incredible. And just to kind of segue into that mental aspect, we saw the mental aspect and how it affected uh, the great, the goat Simone Biles and how she had to step away because of how she was feeling uh, mentally and, uh, and the, the dangers, the potential dangers of um, her getting hurt during the gymnastics injury. When you first heard about Simone Biles uh, stepping away uh, because of her mental health um what, you know what were, what was the first thing that came across your mind well i think the first thing that came across my mind is you know th- this is a very good probably the best gymnast one of the best gymnasts of all time um who is very confident and has been to a lot of different levels i mean this is not like she was i don't think she was stressed about the olympics overall right you know, she's been there a couple times already yeah and she's competed against all these people already so i don't think that worried her but then someone that eventually just sort of snaps, you know, they're put on such a pedestal. There's so much pressure, especially her, because the United States, you know, they, we love icons and she was a female icon. You have, you know, Kayla Decky as well, but she was really at the front of the Olympics throughout the previous, the pre-Olympic announcements. And so just so much pressure and this finally got to her. And, uh, you know, she, if your mind's not right and you're doing these dangerous tricks, I mean, if any of us tried these things, we can be seriously injured. And if she's not perfect, she can seriously injure herself. And she's doing things double, triple, 
two times more than even the Olympians are doing. So she's getting higher heights. She's spinning more. She's twisting more. So she's already putting herself in a dangerous position because she's already pushing the envelope. And if then if she's not on her A game, I mean, that's scary. That's like having a pilot and I just don't feel good and make the tail. I do want to fly. Yeah, it, it is scary. Um, and for for people that weren't watching her leading up to that decision, if if you saw any of her comp, you know her uh, her competitions uh, leading up to it, she was she wasn't Simone Biles. You know, she wasn't doing the things that she normally does the way she normally does it. Um, even you know when she was going to attempt a certain uh, flip, she you know didn't do it. Um, so you can see that this was not something that she woke up and saying, well, you know, I just don't feel like it. This was something building up where she kind of um, really took a step back and said, I, I need to I, I need to, you know, rethink this. And you can imagine. Right. I mean, that, you know, this is the highest level for these athletes and to not participate. This is it's got to be um, just, you know, terrible and, and really frustrating for someone like her. Um there was an article I read. There's a there's a young lady, um, I believe she went to um, uh, Seattle U, and she had an injury uh, while performing gymnastics and left her paralyzed. and And she talked about uh, having that mental aspect and 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 why it was so smart for Simone Biles to not put herself in that position. Um, you know, heartbreaking to hear, but at the same time, she's inspirational. She's trying to spread, you know, uh, positive information and positive knowledge to people. Doing those tricks, I mean, it's 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 scary if if you're not if if you're not all put together. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with you. You know, the mental aspect of any of these sports. I mean, we just I was just reading an article about Djokovic. He sort of lost it at the end, and they're kind of comparing. You know, should he have bowed out? Should he have taken a break instead of having, you know, a complete breakdown uh, after the game? Yeah. Uh, and, you know, he's the best in the world, and yet he didn't even finish first. So, you know, is that because he wasn't on his A game? I don't know. Um, but, the, you know, this is a this is a whole new thing in sports. There is that really good female tennis player that did the same thing. Uh, and I hate to say it, but I think the female athletes seem to know their bodies a little better than some of the male athletes. Uh, and this is sort of, uh, and I don't know if people will critique me on that comment, but... You know, they seem more confident in the ability. Like, listen, I know I'm really good, but I'm not going to injure myself. I'm not going to, I'm not going to kowtow to what people want me to do. I'm going to do what's best for me, and that's really important. Because in the end, when you're done with your training, you're done. When you're done with your Olympics, you know, you're just a your regular person. And uh, after you have a lot more life to live, these are young athletes. So. Yeah. Yeah, and and she represents so much, and um, you know we don't need to get everything that she's she's been through, um, you know the you know the abuse scandal and everything else. There's been a lot that's been involved, and going back to Jokovic, you know he had this immense amount of pressure that he was trying to accomplish something that hadn't been done. You know, with with going out and winning the Open, and then trying to get a gold medal, and trying to do all this within this calendar year to kind of set him apart from uh you know from Federer and uh and Nadal and doing something that was just you know unprecedented and 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 Miley and, and might have finally caught up and it just shows you how important your mentals need to be as as the great uh Marshawn Lynch said you have to have your mentals right so uh, he, I I think he was on to something as we wrap it up what what are you looking forward to uh the Olympics are almost over is there anything left that that as a fan that you're looking forward to seeing uh, not so much more, unfortunately. I'm like the swimming and, you know, 
uh, swimming mainly, and the gymnastics is interesting too, and the volleyball and stuff. So I think most of my stuff's gone, um, but I'm, I'll continue to watch till the end because it's been interesting to see, and I get to watch some other parts. I watched fencing for the first time ever, which I didn't know anything about it, so that was kind of cool as well. Excellent, excellent. Dr. Grant Garcia, check him out at grantgarciamd.com, uh, orthopedic specialist of seattle.com. Um, Dr. Garcia, thank you for your time. I, I'm looking at the clock now. It looks like we're past your time, so hopefully your patients are being uh, patient. <laughs> so <laughs> thanks Absolutely. a lot. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. All right. You take care of yourself. Thank you. That is Dr. Grant Garcia. I mean, listen, yeah team physician assistant team physician for the bulls the white Sox. uh he's taking care of the giants the mets uh, the u.s tennis tennis team the rangers the knicks brooklyn nets uh i mean he's been involved in so much with so many different athletes has, has come across so many different sports and injuries so you know you definitely want to uh pay attention listen and um and really kind of get knowledgeable about your injuries and that's something that um we want everyone to um be aware of you know if you've got some injuries you know go see your doctor you know if, if you're uncomfortable what's been said uh you want a, a second opinion do that that is something that dr garcia talks about all the time and it's not something that any of any good doctor is ever going to take offense to go get a second opinion feel comfortable about the decision you're making okay so we want to educate you with about those things uh, so you could put yourself in the best position so you could get ready you can heal and you could get back out there doing the things you love whether it's sports or just feeling comfortable and walking around so we want you to feel good about everything please feel free to check out our, our other shows we have so many shows from knees and shoulders and wrists and the internal bracing show which is uh you know revolution uh type of treatment we have lots and lots of shows for you the listener to enjoy i'm will sanchez remember check out dr grant garcia grant garcia md.com com com